The investment team at Oak Harvest has been busy for the last month. First, Charles, James, and myself were busy digesting the fourth quarter earnings reports. Then, we were trying to get our hands around whether inflation has peaked enough for the Fed to slow their rate increases, stop them, or even reverse them in the second half of the year. Then, over the first half of March, much of the economic data came in weaker than most economists expected, so our team was trying to understand if the economy was slowing beyond its normal seasonals way too much. Our investment team and the advisor team at Oak Harvest were also out delivering our corporate philosophy of the merits of dividend growth stock investing for retirees and pre-retirees. And of course, squeezed into our normal daily routines, we were thrown a couple of regional bank runs out of California and another bank run across the globe in Switzerland during the second half of March, culminating in regulatory and government actions to save depositors. All of this happened while schools in Texas, Florida, and Canada were out enjoying a holiday spring break. Such is the life of a money manager, and people ask me why I have no hair. For this video, we're gonna go back to discussing the markets. I'm gonna spend a little time on the charts, which is merely a picture of the supply and demand for stocks, some time on sentiment and how investors are feeling about the markets and their willingness to take risk, and then a little time on market cycles and where we sit in the presidential cycle and normal seasonals. Before we get started, please take a moment to click on the subscribe button and click on the notification bell so you'll be alerted when our team uploads our latest content. We do have a new location for our Oak Harvest investment-oriented content. You can find it by typing Stock Talk with Chris in the Google search window or by going to the Oak Harvest YouTube channel and clicking on the drop-down tab labeled Channels and clicking on Stock Talk with Chris. With all the swirl and volatility we experienced in the world's banking system in the first half of March, you would have thought that equity markets would have been down materially during the month. Well, we haven't been. In fact, the S&P 500 has risen about a percent during the first four weeks of the month, while the tech and growth-heavy NASDAQ composite has rallied over double digits year-to-date. Let's zoom out and look at the bigger picture. First off, I'm not a chart technician by trade, so I'll use CMTs, that's chartered market technicians out there, excuse me for butchering your trade. However, I found over the last 25 years of managing public money that yes, a picture is often worth a thousand words, especially when it comes to equity markets. The price of any asset is the equilibrium where incremental supply meets incremental demand. We can have endless arguments over whether the price or valuation is correct or efficient, but at the end of the day, the value on your screen is what the incremental market player believes the asset is worth. So here's a monthly chart of the S&P 500 going back almost 30 years and a weekly chart going back eight years. As one can see on the monthly chart, since the great financial crisis ended in the late first quarter of 2009 and early 2010, the S&P 500 index has traded in a broad upward trending channel from the lower left to the upper right. December 2021, when the S&P 500 reached 4,800, brought us to the top of the channel, and the broad Fed-induced sell-off in 2022 took us to the bottom of that channel, only trading below it for a few weeks in October at the market lows last year. Over the last 13 years, the S&P 500 has traded below the bottom of this channel during only five months of the year out of over 160 months. That's about 3% of the time. We can break down this data into weekly time series and you would see it's even more rare. Over the last 13 years, that's over 675 weeks, the S&P 500 traded below this uptrend somewhere near only 2% of the time. What's going on here? What's the picture saying to an investor? For whatever reason, big buyers have shown up near the lower end of this channel for quite a long time, for almost 13 years, which leads us to ask, where do we stand now? Looking at the shorter term weekly chart, the S&P 500 has slowly found its footing since last October, and it's begun slowly recovering hugging the lower end of this long-term channel. Much as it has for the last 13 years, 
buyers have shown up as the news on inflation, the Fed, geopolitics, and now the banking crisis has littered the news headlines. The monthly chart is saying that a monthly close over 4,010, 4,020-ish on the cash S&P 500 is very important. That's the 20-month moving average. If one looks at the technology-heavy NASDAQ, the key monthly closing level is around 12,000, 12,055. Investors, what sector has led the market higher since the October 2022 lows? If you guessed any of the best groups in 2022, those are energy, utilities, and healthcare, well, you would be wrong. If you would have guessed the semiconductor sector, you'd be right. Here's a chart of the SMH Semiconductor ETF. While the ETF is still below its absolute price high it reached in December of 2021, the relative performance of the group, that dark blue line just below the price chart, is now 89%, and it's close to hitting a new all-time high meaning that the broad semiconductor group is beating 89% of the S&P 500 on a broad basis. Recall back that in early, the fourth quarter of 2022, many financial news networks were saying semiconductors were that uninvestable word because of their massive inventory glut and because President Biden was cutting off a significant source of their future growth by restricting semiconductor sales to China. Those two events marked the group's lows, not their highs. Historically, the semiconductor group leads at the beginning of upward market moves, not at the end. A move that would be very normal given both the current investor sentiment levels and historical seasonal and presidential election cycles. So you might ask, where does investor sentiment stand? Investors are pessimistic once again. According to sentiment data that the Ned Davis Research Group follows, investors first exited their 2022 market pessimism on January 26th of this year. Of course, that was four months after the stock market lows last October and almost to the week of the short-term top in the S&P 500 year to date. With the market's quick and steep February decline, the Ned Davis data showed sentiment negative once again by February 24th only four weeks after investors had registered optimism. In the early stages of market pivots off lows or in early bull markets, it's quite normal for sentiment readings to flip back and forth as most nervous and weak-handed buyers sell at the first sign of trouble resurfacing. Here are two charts from a quant team at Merrill Lynch showing the contrary bullish current nature of investor sentiment. First off is their fund manager survey showing investors' perception of risk. Much as it did exiting the great financial crisis in 2009, investor risk appetite was slow to build. That's a good thing. Rallies and bull markets start in skepticism, not optimism. As one can see, investors are currently taking lower than normal risk. In fact, according to this survey, Investor risk appetite is near the low end of both the great financial crisis in 2009 and COVID lows in 2020. This is backed up by the often quoted cash on the sidelines chart showing investors desire to hold cash as represented by money funds reaching a record level of over $5 trillion. Peaks in investors desire to hold cash have historically coincided with troughs in the S&P 500, not with tops. Here's that cash mountain chart from Merrill. I'm going to end this video on the third point, and that's the window opening for historically stronger markets for returns during this seasonality in the third year presidential cycles. As January was closing, and as the previously discussed investor sentiment was finally turning positive, the Oak Harvest investment team entered February messaging and warning of the normally weak month of February for stock returns. Almost like clockwork, after an almost 6.2% rally in January, the S&P 500 fell 2.6% in February. However, with the markets down in early March, against the backdrop of negative economic news, we titled one of our investment pieces, Marching Higher. 
largely on the belief that earnings and buybacks would come in better and seasonally historic improvement late in the first quarter. We presented these seasonality charts a few times since the late third quarter 2022 lows, and here they are again. The first chart shows the month of February being consistently one of the worst months of the year for stocks, as well as one of the only two historically down months of the year. The other month, that's September. The second chart on the market seasonality includes only the third year of presidential cycles. 2023, that's one of those years. That's President Biden's third year in office. This data set includes third years of all presidents, regardless of party affiliation. Studies have shown that party affiliation doesn't materially alter this data. If one believes in human behavioral finance and stock market cycles, we've entered the strongest five-month period for stocks in 2023, March, through July. In fact, we're about to enter the historically strongest month of the year, ex-January. That's the month of April. Historically speaking, in presidential cycle third years, the S&P 500 has been positive in April almost 83% of the time, with an average gain of over 2.5%. With these things in mind, and given the likelihood of the Fed becoming more dovish on interest rates, the investment team at Oak Harvest believes that even with the current news being quite negative on the surface, the markets will likely continue to rally gradually into a mid-second quarter peak. Investors, there is no perfect investment philosophy, and there is no all-weather equity strategy that outperforms every stock cycle or in every economic environment. However, long-term research finds partnering with an advisor can add value to your portfolio in retirement by helping you minimize estate taxes, maximize Social Security timing, and remove some of the emotional whipsaws that many investors feel during times like this that cause them to make emotionally biased decisions in their investment portfolios or in their allocations. At Oak Harvest, we have many market and insurance-based tools to help our clients meet their retirement goals and objectives. We are not just an investment manager solely focused on the stock and bond markets. We have specialists in the field of tax preparation. We have social security experts to help you determine when to take social security and insurance experts who can help you construct life, health, or medical care backstops should you need those in future years. The Oak Harvest team serves our clients by helping them plan for their future needs instead of focusing on the past. The future in the stock markets are always uncertain, and that is why our retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call to speak to an advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that helps you meet your retirement goals. Call us here at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. We're here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. For myself, from Charles, from James, from Troy, from Jessica, and the rest of the team here at Oak Harvest, have a blessed weekend. All content contained within Oak Harvest podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only. It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results.